Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And my next guest is realtor, writer, educator for Upscale Magazine, Baltimore Small, and Baltimore Times editor of My Life is Not a Sermon by Tanya Brown Shelby, former writer for Flywire Magazine and Coppin State University newspaper and intern with the Baltimore City Paper. Please welcome Doris Jones. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am. It, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for, for coming on. I, that, that's I, I feel like this week I've been having I've, the, the level of guests that I've had on their title and their backgrounds are so much longer that I've run out of breath like saying it and it happened there. And I was like, am I just fat or did I just run out of breath? Because there's a lot of words there, a lot of accolades. But shout out to you. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start off for those who are undipped. I'd like to let the uh, guests really talk about their background and kind of ultimately what popped and what kind of brought you to this podcast. So can you tell us a bit about your background, where you grew up and in what ways have maybe some early experiences or personal history led to your work in realty writing and education? Okay. Okay. So I, I, I am a Baltimore City native, born and raised um, West Side. If you're, you're if you're from Baltimore, you have to say you're from the East Side mm. or the West Side. West um, side. All Baltimoreans <laughs> know that. So <laughs> I am from the West Side of Baltimore City. And um, I grew up in like the Park Heights area near Pimlico Racetrack. Most people will know where that is because we do the Preakness every year. Um, and funny enough, I've never been to the Preakness, even though I grew up there <laughs> and, and would see people go all the time. I've never been there, but um, it was a really great neighborhood. Um, I loved growing up there. I went to cross country elementary, Falstaff Middle School, um, very good schools, especially at that time in the 80s and the 90s. Um, but Unfortunately, uh, my parents weren't able to raise me. My mother has a mental illness. Uh, my father wasn't in the picture, but I was fortunate to have grandparents who stepped up um, and made sure my sister and my brother and I had everything that we needed, uh, which is one of the reasons they actually moved to that neighborhood. Uh, but they were also ha helping other family members. And so uh, things were you know, not necessarily uh, abundant in terms of money and time and um, some of the things that we may have wanted, but we definitely had an abundance of love and abundance of unity uh, within my family, which I'm very, very grateful for. Uh, so when I was nine, unfortunately, my granddad passed away. And then within about four or five years, my grandmother got Alzheimer's. And so my parents, as I knew it, were, you know, weren't in the picture again. Um, so needless to say, I grew up with uh, a lot of trauma. And that's just a little bit yeah. of my story. However, both my grandparents and then other family members uh, really just instilled in me uh, a great work ethic, uh, resilience, things of that nature, um, just gave me the courage and confidence that I could do the things that I wanted to do. Um, but it wasn't, it, it really wasn't easy. Um, but you know, it happened. So fast forward to when my grandmother got to the point where she couldn't 
uh, take care of herself. She needed care. I moved in with an aunt. Shout out to my aunt Yvette, who is an amazing woman. She's actually actually a cousin. <laughs> She's only 13 years older than me. And um, but we've always had a wonderful, wonderful relationship. And so she stepped in, even though she had two kids of her own and then went on to have another one, you know, and brought me in to take care of me. Um, I didn't want to be a burden on her. So I started working at like 14, 15 years old. Um, and I was just really in survival mode for a very, very long time. Um, but by the time, you know, fast forward to now, like the past five or 10 years or so, I've really been in a space of wanting to thrive. Mm -hmm. And so everything that I do and everything that you're seeing in terms of having all of these different things that are going on are a direct result of that. You know, things started really, really rough. Um, but like I said, I got some great things from my family that helped me to get through college, even though I didn't do too well in high school. By the time I got to 11th grade, I flunked out. <laughs> I was not supposed to graduate uh, on time. Year 2000, shout out to class of 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't supposed to graduate on time, but I went to night school. Um, I worked on the weekends and I was just determined that I was going to make it. And yeah. so um, I did. I went to Coppin and got my degree in English and really came out just feeling like I wanted to do something in journalism um, or teaching and or. So that's really where the Flywire came from in the Baltimore City paper, because I was at a place where I could have gone to Boston. And when you sent me these questions, it, it just brought up a lot of different things. This is like one of the few regrets that I had in life. Um, I got accepted into an amazing program in Boston at Emerson mm -hmm. College. Um, but I was scared to leave home. Uh, and moreover, again, I was in survival mode. And so I was like, I don't want to get all of this debt. I don't want to get student loans, things like that. And becoming a teacher, they put you through school. You know, you work, you earn your money and you also go to school and they pay for it. So I was like, OK, I can get a master's degree essentially for free. Let right. me go ahead and do that. And I can still write like on the side. So yeah. that's what I did. You know, I still wish I would have went to Boston and had that experience. But, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the experiences that I did have um, in terms of the career paths that I've chosen. I've always wanted to help people. Yeah. So even as a little girl, I wanted to be a doctor until I saw like a surgery or something. And I saw the blood and I was like, I can't handle this. Right. <laughs> so I was like, no, that's not for me. <laughs> um, but how can I help people? I've always loved to read and write and teach uh, when we used to play school when I was a little girl, I was always the teacher. So it's something that was like always there, you know, yeah. very natural for me. Um, and there are so many different ways of teaching. I do that in the real estate space, just helping people, guiding them, educating them about different programs and uh, things that they can take advantage of if they want to be a homeowner, an investor or they're selling their home. So. I am just fortunate to be in a place right now where everything I do is what I want to do and what I love to do. Um, and things weren't always that way. 
That's great. And thank you for, thank you. for sharing that. Um, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid because Ooh. I always hold myself above most people. No, that's stupid. That's stupid. So you wanted to do it literally <clears throat> and figuratively. Uh, yes. Uh, and I'm six, four too. So I stand over most people oh. and it's like, yeah, what it is looking down on you. <laughs> no, but, but I, I want to say one of the things that I kind of uncovered, uh, just, or, or, or revisited, I guess, cause I already, I experienced it. So I knew it, but just kind of certain things were kind of preordained like this mm -hmm. doing this right by nature of like being in an MC, being in a host kind of capacity. You know, when I was in uh, elementary school in the West side of Baltimore. Okay. Dolphin West side, Street, West side. Furman Templeton. Let's go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really putting it out of there. Uh, <laughs> they, they had this, um, I think it was like this, I guess a convocation or some type of thing. And I was the master of ceremonies at like five. Wow. And it's kind of one of those things like naturally it's like, I don't look for those opportunities at least mm -hmm. up until now, but it's like, it turns out it's a natural thing for me to kind of be in this sort of space. Yes. And it goes back what 30 plus years now. Same so, here. Same yeah. here. I remember, um, being like eight or nine years old in church. Um, my grandmother was a devout Christian, a Baptist, and we were in church all the time when I was younger. <laughs> and so, it, I mean, it got boring. You're a kid, you can't really run around, but so much. Yeah. And I just remember reading books, but I would get books that were books that high school students would read. And I was just always immersed in the stories and just drawn to that. Like my sister is a really, really good cook. Um, and that's something I remember her doing at a young age. I was never interested in it. I have a couple of dishes <laughs> that I can make. Um, but yes, I agree. Those those things that were drawn to or that are drawn to us really you know, I think are preordained and, and come naturally. And it's a beautiful thing when you get to do what you love. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Um, so I want to talk about, um, tell me about a piece of work or project. Cause you know, you've done, you've done things like we all yeah. have done things, but you've done things <laughs> that are, as you, you've touched on that. These are things that you want to do, right? Yeah. So, Tell me, tell me about a project or, or some, or some piece of work that holds a particularly fond memory for you. And, and why is that the thing that com comes to mind? Okay. So the first thing that came to mind for me is an opportunity that I got last year, which is the work I've done with Baltimore small business stories. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I know John's been on the podcast too, and it, holds a very fond memory for me for a couple of reasons. So last year was a really, well, gosh, now I'm thinking this was, uh, was this? yeah, it was 2021. I'm so confused now because of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this actually started in 2020. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it, you know, went over to 2021, but I, 
was just in a space where I was like, you know, I really want to make writing one of my top priorities. Mm-hmm. All right. And just to give you a little background information, I've been an educator for 17 years now, always working in a school in some capacity, um, most of the time in a challenging school, which took up a lot of time and space and energy. And we can get into that later. Um, however, I said, I want to make sure I'm giving enough to myself and my gifts and, and the things that I love to do. So I started a blog. Mm-hmm. I had been talking about it for so long and I was just like, oh, I have this time. I'm in the house. Let me do this blog. And so that blog was the thing that John's mom saw when she was <laughs> looking for a writer for Baltimore Small Business Stories. Yeah. And so I get this email and I check out the website. I'm like, oh, this looks really good. Top notch, professional, you know, did a little research on John. He's a filmmaker. So I'm like, OK, this is definitely something I want to be a part of. Um, very humans of New York type stories, which is yeah. something that I had never done, but I was very interested in doing. And so uh, we scheduled a call and we're talking and he's telling me how his mom found me. And I'm like, this is just such a blessing. I think it's going to be such a great uh, partnership in it. And it has been, it's given me the opportunity, like I said, to do something that I was interested in, but I hadn't done before. I've done, you know, magazine writing, newspaper writing, things of that nature, but not uh, something so uh, deep, so to say, where I'm really asking these very heartfelt questions, really getting into people's stories and what makes them tick and why they do what they do and going into their family history. Um, there have been times I've been doing interviews and, and I'm crying with the person just because we get into something that is is so touching. Yeah. And so I just feel so blessed to be a part of uh, Baltimore Small, as well as all of the other publications that I'm with. But that's definitely fun to me because I'm just like, like you said, that predestined stuff and, you know, the things that you want to do, those opportunities will come to you. But I think it's important to put yourself out there for them. So his mom wouldn't have, you know, maybe wouldn't have found me had I not had my blog with all of my writing there, my, um, you know, information about myself, things like that. So she could really get a full picture of who I was uh, and to see if it would be a good fit. But yes, that was um, and is still really uh, a fun project to me. We've worked with Made in Baltimore, um, the Baltimore Together initiative uh, mm-hmm. to highlight so many amazing people in the tech space. Um, so I spoke with the CEO of Fearless, of Catalyte, um, in education, dent education. That was really, really a great interview for me because education is so near and dear to my heart. Um, and then in the medical space, which is something that I'm not that into, <laughs> but I love learning, yeah. um, learned a lot about uh, Sisu Global Health and Sanabi Labs and then um, Mason Dixie and Taharka Brothers. And there are so many more uh, that I've had the opportunity to connect with. And not only that, um, curating these stories is, is really helping me to fulfill a passion that I have. And, and they are important. People see entrepreneurs and they're doing well and they're doing successful. But a lot of times you don't get that behind the scenes story and what it takes to get to that point. 
as well as what they're still dealing with. So many of them are very successful, but there are still some challenges that they have and that they're working through. And just to now have that out there for people to see, okay, I can do this too. And that, that just means so much to me to be a part of that. Yeah. I, I think that small business ownership and, and artists like are two of the pillars that really make up a strong community and really the, the, the culture within a city. And that's ultimately what I try to cover in this podcast as well. Like, you know, people who it's not just who's got clout, who's the who's who of Baltimore, but really like, yo, do I buy stuff from them? Would I buy stuff from them? Yeah. Or do I appreciate their art. And there was definitely some overlap to Hawker Brothers. I've had Vinny on. We've we've had a, a really good chat. And um, yeah, just and, and there are so many other ones that you you want to reach out. And some people don't feel that they are equipped or should tell their story. But mm. it's like you have an interesting story and or you have something to contribute. It yes. might be just sharing your story and it resonates with someone, or it might be you got some gems that you can drop. And it, it's at times kind of like giving people that nudge, like you should do this. Yes. I've had a Absolutely. few people I've had a few people come back to me after doing the podcast and it's like, yo, I realized that I'm actually a lot more creative or I've realized I've done a lot of things because you actually asked me about them. And then I like look back and like, damn, I, I am creative or I am. Yes, <laughs> <clears throat> absolutely. So, so let's see. Um, so I read that you're writing keys in on pop culture, travel, career, wellness, fashion, friendship and relationships. Why are these areas of particular interest to you? Um, so I love all these things. <laughs> just listen, just to keep it simple. I love them all. And they all involve some form of expressing yourself, learning, growing, teaching, which are all things that I love. Sure. Um, so if you talk about pop culture, that is, you know, just looking at how people are expressing themselves, what they're doing, entertainment. Um, you know, I have my, I'll call them guilty pleasures, but I, I don't, I'm not ashamed of them. I love the housewives shows and different things like that and things that may be going on in pop culture. I find it fascinating, you yeah. know, and I think that is just the writer in me, all walks of life, all different types of people. It's like, you know, why do you do what you do? How do you do what you do? I can learn something. I can laugh. Uh, you know, sometimes things are more serious. I'm very much into wellness. Mm -hmm. uh, having been brought up in a household with a parent who has a mental illness, I am very, very into making sure that my own mental health is is good, that I'm good with all different aspects of my life. And so I want to spread that information to other people, especially if you've experienced uh, trauma. So really big into therapy, other self-care practices, things like that. And then in terms of travel, I just love to meet people and I love to have fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I love to take pictures. Like it's, you know, it's just the, I'm a girly girl. I like to go out, have a good time, eat good food, meet good people. Like that is, 
uh, happiness to me. That's joy to me. And then when it comes to friendships and relationships, I just find them so fascinating. Again, um, my own friendships and relationships and then uh, those of other people, you know, like, why are you doing this? What's going on? It's a story (laughs) behind everything. And again, it goes back to just that writer in me, that person that wants to know and wants to explore and research and um, and tell a story. So I get a lot of inspiration from these things as well. Yeah, it's like, especially when it comes down to just those, those interactions, those human connections. It's like, oh, this is what people are doing. Oh, people like this show? Why yes. for real? Yeah, so, or I, I do a I do a movie review show outside of this podcast, and I try, usually they're movies that are in review years, right? So okay. for this this year, I'm, some, some of the movies that I'm doing include like RoboCop, since it's the 35th Ooh. anniversary. And I, I think like, there's various angles people have taken in reviewing something, right? But are you providing a different angle on it? And that's the thing that I'm trying to add. It's like, I'm providing the angle of someone who's black, has these experiences that are baked into allowing me to see this movie from this, this prism or so on. So that's the thing that I find really interesting about many of those topics as well. It's like, Oh, this is how people see it. Well, I see it differently. Absolutely. That's a really, really good point. I like to do that too, especially with my blogging, Uh, you know, writing for magazines and newspapers and things like that. There is a, a, you know, a certain story that, the publication wants you to tell, of course, some of my voices in there. But with my blog, I just have free reign on how I look at something. You yeah. know, I can play devil's advocate or throw something in the mix to start a conversation uh, because I love talking to people, which is something I told you, I think it was last week. I just love talking to people like, wow, you would do that. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I probably wouldn't say that to them. I would think it in my mind. Um, but I just find it so, so interesting. And I love that I have a platform where I can just have my voice say whatever it is that I want to say, how I want to say it. And uh, like you said, there is such value in you looking at something from your point of view, mm-hmm. you know? How, how, where, or how do you rediscover inspiration when you're feeling like creatively like flat or, or, or dry? It's like, eh, I don't have any takes on this. So I got nothing to add here. Where do you get that inspiration from? That is a really, really good question. And I'll tell you the first thing is sometimes I just recognize that I need a break. Mm, yeah. So I ha- I'll, I'll ask myself questions like, do I need a break? Why am I kind of in, you know, this space? Am I overwhelmed? Because I do a lot, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so if I need a break, I'll take a break. But outside of that, I have to remember sometimes to get out into nature. Uh, during the pandemic, I remember when it first started and, you know, we were in the house and for some reason I was just like, I just need to stay in all the time. Then I was like, well, I can go take a walk. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, someone else is out on the street. I can cross the street or whatever. You know, this is really like in March, you know, when everything was just like no vaccine, no nothing. And so I was like, let me get back outside. And I, I get so many ideas when I'm walking, I think it's just the peace and quiet. Um, and especially at that time, no one was going anywhere. So there weren't really like any cars going by. Didn't really, it was really just like hearing nature, feeling it, being in it, 
really, really inspires me. Uh, not only that, just getting out of my space at home, which I mm -hmm. do love, um, but sometimes getting out of that space where you normally do certain things or where you're feeling a certain way yeah. will help you to get some inspiration. Uh, so that's my number one thing. And then traveling. Um, I haven't done as much traveling uh, during the pandemic, but traveling really helps. <laughs> Look, Look, I, I went two places. I'm going to tell you, I went two places. <laughs> I have my, I've, I'm vaccinated yeah. and I got my test and all of that, but I had to get out of this uh, state <laughs> for a little yeah. bit. I was able to definitely the changing the, the scenery or even the concept of the scenery. Uh, I know that claustrophobia, but like the theory or the idea of claustrophobia is very troubling for me. Not necessarily I'm in a closet or I'm in a small room or something like that. That doesn't uh -huh. frighten me. But the concept of I'm stuck here, I can move about, but these are the walls. These are the parameters. Yes. That's troubling for me. So my the space that I'm recording at now also is my work from home space, too. So mm -hmm. they were overlapping and the creative stuff was taking a back seat to the Joe job career stuff. Yes, and definitely. As you, you touched on being able to take those breaks and um, I feel another one coming on, but like <laughs> a one where I shift from what I'm doing. Cause we get into these routines and routines help yes. know, to kind of give you, give you structures. But like uh, I want, I want to say I went to to Rhode Island um, and kind of appreciated some art. Checked out the scene there in uh, yes. in Providence, and it was really chill. And I felt refreshed coming back. And there was some on the way back that last day up there. I was like, I need to write questions. I got podcasts to do on Monday, and yeah. it was like I missed it coming back. I, I missed being able to be in that flow, and yeah. that's what I'm looking for to be able to every couple of months, mm -hmm. let me take a week do something cool that kind of is serving me and then yes. come back to it. That's, I think that's the thing that's important. Absolutely. So tell me about your experiences as an educator and are there ways that those experiences help you with maybe your writing projects or even serve some of your work in real, real estate? Okay. Uh, so I've been an educator for 17 years. Mm -hmm. Like I said, when I left Coppin with my degree in English, I knew I wanted to pursue journalism and teaching. Um, more so went the teaching route. And I started in Baltimore County Public Schools. I was with them for 14 years. And I started as an English teacher in high school. Um, absolutely love it. It's at, it's actually what I'm doing now, but with Montgomery County Public Schools. Mm -hmm. I have also served as a trainer for teachers. And then before I left for a little bit, because I was burned out <laughs> um, about two years ago, I was an assistant principal at a middle school. Yeah. I've primarily worked in challenging schools or challenging situations. Um, and I need to note, I also worked with UMBC with the Upward Bound program, yeah. which I'm very, very proud of. Uh, like I said earlier, I love helping people. I love giving back. Uh, but two years ago, I just, I hit a wall. I was exhausted. When I pursue something, I really give my all to it. And when you're in challenging schools where students have a lot of needs outside of academics, mm 
-hmm. and you don't necessarily have all the resources you need, you become the resource for everything. And, and that was just too much. So I stepped away. Uh, and I'm still helping students who are in challenging situations, but it's also better for me. Um, so with that being said, I'll say I thought about this and I was like, well, how does it help me? Because writing really, I, I try to keep those things separate, especially since most of the time when I was in it, I gave so much to it. It was like, no, this is my time away <laughs> from education. So I don't have yeah. a lot of stories where I talk about education. However, last year I did get two opportunities to appear on. Well, one of the opportunities was on uh, Dr. Ben Chavis's show, the Chavis Chronicles. And so I talked about education there and then Stacy Brown, who's a writer with the NNPA. I was on his show as well. And I need to upload some clips to <laughs> social media about that. That's not really out there. Uh, like I want it to be, but in those instances, I really, really, you know, enjoyed that. And I think that that is more so the space I like to be in, in terms of, merging the two worlds is not necessarily writing about it, but talking about it, <laughs> um, which, you know, it goes into writing. I had to do my research and take my notes and all of that stuff. So, um, but yeah, it, it really, those experiences helped me by just pushing me into making sure that I'm doing the writing. So as, as a person who I've read that, you're a writer at your core, right? And yes. what about like art and the power of storytelling particularly resonates with you? <clears throat> it's an art form. Writing is an art form that is connected to so many other art forms. And sure that's is. something that I really, really love about it. And so what I mean by that, when you think about films that you watch or TV shows that you watch, and even this podcast, there's some writing involved in it, you know, yep. thinking about or just the whole writing process in terms of research and um, actually writing down the questions and creating characters and things like that. And so I just love that it, it really can be the essence of so many stories and so many things that turn into images and films and television shows or even podcasts. I love that about it. Um, I also love the fact that writing changes things, you know, it inspires people, it motivates people. It, it really is an art form that it's just beautiful to me. <laughs> it really, like, yeah. I love it. As you can tell, I just, I love it. And it's so funny because I didn't know I was a writer for a long time. My aunt, the one that I moved with, my auntie vet, her and my aunt Tracy used to read my diary when I was younger. Okay. Invasion of privacy. <laughs> and so, I mean, I had it under the mattress, under some clothes and they it. would find it. I didn't really talk a whole lot. Okay. Um, very reserved, very quiet, kind of shy as a youngster, but I would write everything down. My little, you know, teenage crushes and this, that, and the other. And I wrote a lot of poetry Yeah. and I remember them saying, girl, oh my goodness, this was just amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, 
this, I, I, mean, I don't know how to feel right You're now. Like, yo, like, did I you feel... read chapter five? Like, <laughs> right. You know, I feel good. I take it as a compliment. However, you were never supposed to see it. <laughs> it's like you, the Truman it, Show. It, it really is. But I, I'm thankful for it now. Yeah because it wasn't something I really recognized in myself. It came so natural to me that, you know, it's like, you're not thinking, oh, other people don't really know how to write like this or, you know, put words together in this way. And so I'm thankful for that gift of, you know, just giving what I could do a name. And then it, it gave me in some way permission to explore that and to say, okay, yeah, this is a part of who I am. Let me, you know, really kind of see what I can do with this. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been around people who present themselves as, as writers and, but they don't, they don't have it in terms of, they don't have that passion, that desire. Like I think writers, write People mm-hmm. who do whatever they do, they do it. So yes. I can say I'm a podcaster because I do three or four of them a day and Ooh. <laughs> and it's and it's not and it's a lot of energy to take in and sometimes I just yeah. ignore it. It's like it's like I shouldn't have heard that story. It's kind of sad, Aww. but I I find that people it's almost like and, and this will be a, a pop culture reference I guess it's almost like in the nineties every dude was an architect in movies. Yes. And it's like, none of you are architects. It's like, yeah. I run in, just because you get a laptop and go to Starbucks and type doesn't make you a writer. And yes. I think it has to be, this is literally, you have a drive to do it because like authors, writers that kind of in that space, you, you have a lot of stuff going on up here that you're transmuting to the page or what have you. And sometimes it can be very lonely, long hours and so on. Yes, Absolutely. And, I've worked with some in the past. I'm like, Hey, can you write this? Or can you like, I recognize that I'm a big picture person. Okay. And I see that finished thing, everything to get to that. I know milestones, but I'm not looking at like, okay, page 57. I'm not looking <laughs> at that. I'm looking at chapter five. Yes. Um, so this is the last question I have before I get to these rapid fire questions. Okay. People talk about manifestation as setting intentions a lot. And some of it is some of it's a little hokey. I was like, I just think you guys are just saying things. Um, <laughs> what do ideas like this mean to you and how are they applied? <clears throat> OK, so um, it's OK if you think it's hokey. <laughs> no. I don't I don't think it's hokey because the fact of the matter is. I can attest to it. There was a time where I didn't believe in myself. There was a time where, and I talk about, you know, being exhausted, being burned out as an educator, but a lot of the reason why I didn't do and and pursue some of the things that I wanted to was fear. It was just not believing that it would turn out maybe the way I wanted it to, or how I saw it happening with other people. And so I had to get to a point where I changed my mind about that. And that's what manifestation is about. It's about getting clear on what your intentions are, Mm -hmm. really believing that you can do these things. And so believing involves some action. It's not just saying, oh, I believe this, (laughs) you know, and I think that's the hokey part. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) In my opinion, it is. It's, believing something to the point where you take the action to really do it and Mm -hmm. to change your mindset. It's not just about when I said I wanted to be a real estate agent, 
and help people uh, to become homeowners and, you know, change communities and help people to build generational wealth. I didn't know anything about the business side of it. And so I went on this journey of just changing my mindset about being a business owner. You know, I had these dreams and a lot of times as creatives, of course, you can create and you do these wonderful things, but it's also a business. And so I had to believe that I can run a business. I can learn these things. I started reaching out to people, like taking the steps, taking the action to manifest these things. And so I think that's the difference for me. It's not just sitting somewhere and saying, oh, I believe in, you know, just, (laughs) you know, the pot of gold is at the end of the rainbow. Well, maybe I have to make the rainbow. You know, maybe I have to go out and and dig for the gold, but I'm going to get it, you know. And so I think that is um, how you apply it. You do it. You really make yourself believe it, see yourself in those spaces and then put yourself in those spaces despite how you feel or what you think. And before you know it, you will be thinking and feeling and being the thing that you want to be. Absolutely. It's, it's a doing thing. It's a, yes. it's an active thing. Um, I, uh, I had this, and that was actually my, my last question before I get to these rapid fire ones, but okay. I had this, this opportunity that I, I was interviewing, um, someone and they had a, uh, they had a property that was being turned into a television show and he'd mentioned it just like off mic to me. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna be on that. And I'm, I'm just saying it matter of factly in my head. And I, I guess because I vocalized it, it kind of presented itself as an opportunity months later. Wow. And I was like, am I going to do this or am I not? And I've been riding this wave literally of if, just just say yes, just just, just yes. do the thing. And that's how that's worked for me. And sure, I believe in that that manifestation thing. I believe in in a lot of that, but I think it's it has to be action focused. I think the way I apply it, because a lot of people say, yeah, I just, I just want money and I'm going to get money and, you know, fame and da, 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 da. It's like, nah, that's no, a solid foundation. Mm-mm. No, that's mud. That's mud. You're playing with. <laughs> exactly. I think it's great to put it out in the universe. But like you said, you didn't have to go do it. You have to make it happen. Yeah. So this is the last thing I have for you. I got three okay. questions. <clears throat> now, these questions don't need any extra context. Um, and you can answer them, answer them however you want. It's more of like, this is the moment in time. Uh, when do you feel your freest? Hmm, that's a really good question. I feel <laughs> my freest <laughs> when I am myself in any space that I'm in. Legit. Now, You've worked and written for multiple publications. What is one publication you would want to bring back and why? Hmm. Because publications disappear all the time. There are a few that um, you have credited that don't exist anymore. So which ones would you want to bring back? I'm definitely going to say the city paper. (laughs) I love, oh gosh, I love the city paper. And I wish I could have done a lot more work with them. I was an intern mm-hmm. and uh, then I was pursuing my master's degree and I just, you know, couldn't really uh, do too many more things with them and I didn't go back to it. But the city paper is that or was that 
just quirky, Mm -hmm. down to earth, just in your face saying what the hell you want to (laughs) say publication that I love. That is a big part of my personality. You know, like I cuss and stuff like that. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not going to cuss on here. Should I just cuss or should I ask him? (laughs) But (laughs) um, but yes, that whole idea, again, just going into being yourself, just saying what needs to be said, doing it in a fun, um, you know, different way. I I miss the city paper for that. I, I remember the the free weeklies that it was that one, like the examiner was another one. Yeah. And. If there's some old school and um, if there are some old school like people that will check into issues of the examiner back in the day, I want to say this is probably 2011. I was in there weekly just having oh. little opinion things that I was saying that was oh, wild and appropriate. <laughs> was, but don't you love that though? Because yeah. I mean, and I think everything, of course, has its place in a space, and certain publications feed the professional, and you know, just uh, I'm gonna do everything by the book part of me. But then sometimes I just want to, you know, say something in a different way. So I loved having the the space to do that. Yeah, um, I remember. It's always weird when you're you're saying something that's a bit and. Uh, I, I think I was commenting on most of the relationship stuff and my mom would get the papers because it was anything that had me in it. She was like, oh, I'm just going to take this. My firstborn. And I'm like, you shouldn't be laughing that hard at that. That's inappropriate. That's super inappropriate. I was like, all right, then cool. Um, like, ma, uh, mm, I was like, I said a really dirty joke in there that I don't think anyone got. I don't think anyone got it. I was like, oh, you get it, though. I was like, all right. We, you got, are, look, she made my mother. you. She, she know what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the last one I got for you. Um, okay. Since you're, since you're a big reader, what is your favorite book? My favorite book is Kindred by Octavia Butler. Okay. Yes, it is. Um, a sci-fi book written by a black woman at a time when black women weren't really doing that. It is. And then the story itself is such a a riveting and well-written story. I remember reading it in high school and and a couple of days and just being like, wow, I want to do this. I want to write a great American novel that is probably not expected, you know, of me. Um, so that's that is one of my favorite books. So there you have it. Um, that's pretty much all I had. But I want to one. Thank you for being on this podcast. Thank two, you. Oh, you're welcome uh, Two, I want to invite you to um, tell the fine folks where to find you at online. OK, so you can find me on Instagram at Darish Jones. And if you know, don't know how to spell it, I'm sure Rob will have a graphic and I'll have graphics on mine. Um, but it's D-A-R-E-I-S-E Jones. And then my website is www.darishjones.com. Uh, you can find anything that I'm doing there on my website, whether it's with writing real estate or education and thank you again rob for having me on so there you have it folks um for Darisa jones i am rob lee saying that there is art in and around baltimore you just gotta look for it <laughs>